0: How fitting is it that uh, we're going to be talking road trips and shared adventures and tales of the open road and we have music like that from joe and woody and the boys of the road crew roadcrew66.com pretty good stuff hey uh i'd like to give a shout out to our good friends there speaking of road trips you know at the end of the day It's always nice to keep that uh, magical feeling that comes with a a a wonderful road trip it's at the end of the day it's kind of fun if you can keep that alive well that's possible in cuba missouri if you check in for a night at the iconic wagon wheel motel in cuba missouri oldest continuously operated uh, motel on route 66 as i understand it dates back to about 1936 Connie Eccles and her team have created a magical place. I use that term a lot when it comes to Route 66 locations, but the past and the present blend seamlessly. You've got a 1930s experience, but with modern amenities that we've all come to appreciate. Hey, uh, talking about uh, road trips, shared adventures this morning, and feel free to chime in at any point in this story. But, uh, you know, there's just really something special about a road trip, sharing that road trip, and by doing that, inspiring road trips. And I'm very privileged here at Jim Hinckley's America to to be doing that uh, for fun and occasionally for profit. That takes us to, you know, I get a a lot of inquiries. I've been uh, about writing. How do I make money writing? Well, I'm still trying to figure that out. On a serious note, let me give you a little quick background here. I started writing professionally about 1990. It's the first paycheck I ever got from writing. Uh, My dearest friend, my dear wife... She encouraged me to try this. because She said I was a good storyteller, and there's some things I, I. Anyway, I've always wanted to write. I've loved books. Short version, long story. Uh, sold my first piece to a major magazine, Hemmings Motor News, and uh, boy, I had visions quitting my day job. Well, it's not quite that easy. Uh, I started writing a travel column. Now, mind you, of course, this is back 1990, but. Started writing a travel column, weekly travel column, for the local newspaper. And I uh, enjoyed it, but uh, I was always amazed. People would come up to me in coffee shops and restaurants and tell me how much they enjoyed the article and how envious they were that I was being paid for these wonderful, wonderful adventures. I didn't have the heart to tell them that uh, my compensation was twenty five dollars a week, and that was after I'd been working there for about a year. Started out at uh, fifteen dollars a week for a little five hundred word travel column, a couple pictures. Well, the reward comes from you know. Let's do this. I have a simple philosophy, and it's a kind of a biblical based, I suppose, but. I've always been believed that we are all blessed with gifts and talents. And we have a responsibility, if you will, an obligation to develop those talents. And the money really is secondary. We are to be a blessing unto others. And uh, I've been blessed beyond measure with writing and travel writing, mostly in the friendships I've made from all over the world, the good people I've met. Um. Quite a deal. Cranked out about 21 books, close to 1,000 feature articles. Sure as hell, you know, I I, I haven't gotten rich by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm rich beyond measure in the experiences I've had, uh, the notes I've received from people about how my writing or something I said at a presentation, a program, inspired a road trip, and uh, encouraged them to have an adventure. Encourage them to step out of their comfort zone. And, well, that's quite a reward in itself. And this isn't, I'm not trying to discourage you from writing or photography or any of those kind of things. It's great. You know, I've uh, quit the day job, the full-time job, about uh, eight years ago. I jokingly say that I developed eye trouble. I couldn't see any reason to put up with the ongoing bullshit, and uh, the owners couldn't see any reason to put up with my increasingly poor attitude. So we parted ways. That's the best thing I ever did. Should have done it sooner. Uh, We made a living. I'm paying the bills. We're still eating on a regular basis, and we are having some of the grandest adventures. Right up until the apocalypse, that is, our adventures were, well, often epic couple couple weeks in Europe, uh, Adventures of the Broken Fiat in Southern Germany uh, uh, Poland, to gosh, Missouri, uh, Nebraska. that's just amazing things. And uh, chime in at any point if you've got uh, a little contribution about your favorite places or about writing. Oh, ah, okay. Well, that's a good question. How do you start writing? Well, you know, it, you can get books from the library, and I did that after I sold my first article about sending query letters and uh, all of these kind of things. And that is the right way to do it. And I have no doubt that it will bear fruit. But from my personal experience, I have found contacts. You've got to have the. Once you have the contacts. Then you need the skills and talents to bring home the fruit. But I'll give you an example. Uh, years ago, they've merged now. They've become Quattro Publishing. But motor books, uh, I, did a, I, was, I had been writing a great deal of uh, automotive features. I'd even been uh, written for a lot of major magazines. And I had an idea for a book about bathtubs, bird cages, and Chevrolets. And I wanted to write a book on uh, automotive history and culture. And I had sent query letters. And at that time, of course, we were back in the era of snail mail and mimeographed uh, paperwork. You know, I, I I didn't even get a good rejection letter. All I got was, uh, gosh darn it, they, they were copies of copies of form letters, rejections, and that—that's—that's that's all I could get. Well, you fast forward about a year, year and a half later. Apparently, Motorbooks had uh, contracted an author to do a book about the big book of car culture, and they had advertised it in their upcoming fall collection. They said it would be released in the fall. Well, about six months before publication, the author they had contracted called them up and says, I can't do the project. I haven't even started on it. Well, now they're left scrambling. Well, they contacted John Robinson. He was a friend of mine that lived in Victorville, California at the time. And, uh, He had written a book or two for him, and they asked him if he could do this. As it turned out, he was engaged in another book project at the time. He said, no, not really, but I know a fellow in Arizona. The rest, as they say, is history. He turned my name in, and after receiving all of these rejection letters, all of a sudden, I had a book contract from Motor Books International. Well... Of course, I had to have the skills and the talents and uh, figure out how to do this, write a book and, and whatnot, but uh, that's how it began. It was with context, and from there I built, and I've learned over the years a lot of what I've done. Uh, <coughs> <coughs> query letters and these kind of things for a writer or photographer, all important and good. But I, I think the best investment you can get is contacts. And never overlook the smallest of contacts. It sure might turn up something years and years later. Uh, that's been the case with uh, Brad Bowling. And uh, uh, I've worked with Brad there again. It's another tie in with John Robinson. But back in the mid 90s, uh, Brad Bowling was the editor for old cars weekly and he had john robinson writing a couple columns for him here and there and he needed a column on old chevy trucks and i had at that time i had uh god i I tinkered grew up learning to drive on the old chevys so john put my name in the ringer and i wrote started writing for brad bowling well brad left cars and parts a few years later and uh My writing for Old Cars Weekly came to a halt, and about two years later, I get a note from Brad Bowling. He says, I'm over at uh, Cars and Parts magazine now. Would you like to write a monthly column? And so I became an associate editor and started writing a monthly column for uh, uh, Cars and Parts, and that lasted for a little year or two, and then the magazine folded. They went out of business after about 45, 50 years. And uh, then Brad went to work for a company, Beacom Auctions. And uh, once again, I got about a year after I left Cars and Parts, Brad had me some more work. And most recently, Brad is now with Antique Power and uh, Ertl Publications, puts out a good truck magazine. And once again, I have the occasional writing job. Can't overstress the importance of context. Now, you know, there's a lot of ways to share your adventures, uh, especially today with digital photography, blogs, TikTok, uh, Instagram, YouTube. The challenge, the hard part, it's never, never, never been easy to make a living as a writer or a travel photographer. Always been a lot of competition. It's gotten a lot more difficult. The pay has gone down. uh, But it's also never been easier for a travel writer or photographer to make a good living. If they can figure out the combination. Blending social media, uh, popular website, popular subjects, speaking engagements. Put it all together person can make a living. Some people actually make a better than good living. The prices, when I mentioned that the rate, rates have really dropped precipitously. In 1990, one of the magazines uh, that I wrote for, one of the first magazines, paid me $250 for a feature article. It was in 1990. Well, that same magazine is still in business. And a couple of years ago, during the apocalypse, When the bottom dropped out of everything and Jim Hinckley's America lost about 95% of its business, I contacted that particular magazine. They said that they don't have a lot of staff anymore. They depend on freelance writers quite a lot. And I asked them what their pay was for a feature article. And get this, they paid $250 for a feature article. In 2020, the same as they had paid in 1990. Book writing's the same way. People, you know, they come to me a lot and see all the travel books. I've written over 20 books now. And they think that you make just tons and tons of money. And it's, it's a living. The money tri- trickles in and uh, make a few bucks here and there. they and laying all our cards on the table, <coughs> oh, about uh, three years ago. Uh, All my royalties and advances combined for for one year, I ended up pulling down $7,000. Nothing to sneeze at. Beats a poke in the eye with a sharp stick, but you're just not going to make money at that. But it's opened other doors for me, lots of other doors, and kept me going. Now, how do you make money sharing the adventures? Well, it's a challenge, isn't it? uh obviously i have not found the combination but i have found a combination you build the following that's not that's one you use social media and your skill set <clears throat> you find a niche market something of interest and you build on it create a website get a blog with some pretty good following podcasting is a big thing now of course I'm still struggling with that losing Facebook, uh, really, really hindered my development of projects. I was instantly cut off from over 7,000 followers. Rebuilding that is as a challenge, uh, but you find your niche market things you can do. Um, the technology is there. smartphones, you know, I worked with Nissan Canada a few years ago on a Route 66 project. and They were filming commercials using iPads and smartphones. You can do a lot with the stuff in your pocket. Uh, You can edit the pictures, the photography. You can post them directly. You can create interactive programs with your audience. And if you have enough traffic, you have enough followers, and you're a good enough salesman, you can get advertisers you can get sponsors that's always the challenge I'll tell you where I'm at at this point I'm working on reinventing myself for about It seems like the 30th or 40th time lost count got a lot of big changes coming down the pike Uh, for for now we are going to suspend our Wednesday morning podcast we'll keep coffee with Jim going because that's an old staple. I would appreciate it if you'd invite your friends and share this with people. And, uh, cause it's always better as an interactive program. And thank you, Keith and Maggie for your comments this morning, but it's always better as an interactive program. So invite your friends and compadres, uh, what well, I'd say we're suspending our Wednesday morning, wake up with Jim program for a little bit. I'm working with, uh, Stan Husted, a very talented uh, podcast programmer. has a lengthy background in radio, about 30, 40 years in radio. And uh, I'm pleased to say he was enamored enough with the projects I've been doing that he wanted to ask if we would uh, partner a bit and uh, try a new podcast. And I'll have details soon. Uh, we plan on our first recording session this next week. I'll keep you posted on how that turns out. But uh, we'll keep Coffee with Jim going for now and uh, see if we can get a little bit of interaction. If I can build a st- enough audience on YouTube, I'm still several hundred followers short, but it, uh, if I can pull that off, we can start having our coffee with jim programs interactive live video on youtube but that's kind of like the old prospector with his mule wandering around the desert yet you know the big strikes over the next hill so you just keep stumbling through the desert anybody got uh any questions or uh great road trip they'd like to share Uh, road trip they'd like to inspire any thoughts and suggestions ideas kind of uh like say it was an impromptu kind of a unscripted loose program this morning wanted to provide a little bit of inspiration for folks who are thinking of trying their hand at this kind of business or that are trying to find a way to make a buck in this business And that's always a challenge. Well, bobbleheads. Yes, we've talked about bobbleheads. I got got mixed feelings on it, but you know, you can't deny it's possibly a profitable situation. But you know, perception is a big part of uh, your branding. In branding, you have to figure out how to sell yourself. And uh, what uh perception are you giving people? It's always a good question, too. Something to really think about. Um, something I still work on quite a bit. Well, my friends, you know, I enjoy our visits on Sunday morning. And I do miss doing this on Facebook. But uh, in light of the problems I've had, you know, we, Facebook is still important. And we have to keep Facebook going, but I'm pretty much weaning myself from Facebook. Uh, I'm focusing almost entirely <coughs> on developing the Jim Hinckley's America website, JimHinkley'sAmerica.com, as the central hub and portal for everything we do. Well, The right buttons for coffee. Yeah, well, that's a great way to have to start a day. I mean, you know, get that. Priorities. Start sample, Work your way up. You bet. Uh, If you've taken a look at the website lately, I I try to put in a few hours a week on it. We're creating a full information portal. There's links to blogs that I write for clients. uh, Event information. Travel planning. We'll get there. And I'm, pr- I'm pleased to report that we are getting some rain. Beautiful storm in the desert. I would have liked to have been out camping. I love camping or being out in the desert during monsoon storms. It's just so beautiful. But prior commitments, the point of the story is we're getting some rain. I can't remember. It's been three, four months since we really had rain. And, uh, you know, that is a real challenge. It is so dry, we will probably be hunting jerky instead of deer in this country. Well, my friends, I sure want to thank you for joining me this morning. And I hope you can be here next week. We'll do this again stay tuned keep an eye out for our uh, new project fall route 66 tour well still coming together slowly but surely my friends thank you and uh well see you again soon adios mi amigos See you next week, my friends.